The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Fix Six Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, joined by the czar of the playbook, Amory Hunt. If you missed the last episode, we broke down week two of the preseason and gave our best bets for each. We had a full house uh, on that episode. You can watch it on YouTube or the audio version, wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and hit subscribe on both of those so you don't miss another episode. Today, we're looking into the future and locking in some NFL regular season awards. Fellas, uh, how did we do on our week two NFL bets? Hard. Um, <laughs> and like you find out they are I went two or three. Like yeah. 40, 40 of these guys not dressing. Like, well, thanks, coach. Yeah. I, I needed to uh, do that early in the week. Yeah, I thought that um one of the things that was like frustrating was it was hard to sort of get a handle on um I think it's still hard to get a handle on like week two because it's like basically the new week three. Sorry, I got yeah. like something in my eye. Um I think I have a sty of some sort, which is oh, probably no. Yeah, I don't know. I think I just keep pumping it with hot water. It'll go away eventually. But uh, yeah, you I'll could probably... try um, uh, tea tea bags too, like a green tea. Something with caffeine will help. I'll just go out and get. Yeah. Don't say it. Don't say it. That's not what I was saying. I was I was offering you a holistic approach to your oh, style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to guy. You want you know what I'm saying? Try to get rid of something. You don't want to <laughs> Not what I said. Not what I said. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so much for the banter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, it's hard to get a um, hold on week two. Yeah, I uh, now I can't remember what I had in week two, but I think <laughs> well, I did you, great. You said you said it was like week. Is this like week three? Or oh yeah, yeah. Get all of week two. Like I still don't think that we have a whole like a, a firm grasp on like the preseason and like how coaches are going to handle it because like Patrick Mahomes plays right yeah. in week two now instead of week three, and so like week two is kind of being treated as like the new week three. But I also think it's like. You don't, it's not consistent from coaching staff to coaching staff. You have some of these newer coaching staffs who do things differently. And it's just sort of, it's just hard to, it's hard to get a grasp. It's hard to get a full grasp on, I think. All right. Emery's just looking at us like, yes. No, I, 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 yeah. I said, I said, I, I did horrible. <laughs> I'm, 
I did. I, I, matter of fact, I even did horrible in my CFL. I went one in three this week. That is unlikely. But did, did your did your bonus bet win, or did we? Which did one the was Edmonton Elks? Yes, they did win. Okay. They did. Not only did they win, they blew them out. Okay. Fire everybody except Jerry Simon in Edmonton. Fire. Hey, today. by the way, Niners money line and Niners over cashed money line just by one point there, Emery. Uh, you were on that. That was a, a fun game. Obviously, you know, I always want to talk about the 49ers. Curious what you guys thought. Panthers, um, Panthers, Giants under did not cash by one point. Unbelievable. Oh, bad beat. <laughs> but what'd y'all think of Trey Lance? Because he actually looked pretty good. Uh, you know, he, he gets a lot of hate left and right. Emery, any thoughts on how Trey yeah. looked? With the preseason, and I've said this before, like it matters until it doesn't matter, but it also still matters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you can only go out there and play with whom you're playing with and against. And if you perform well, that's good. If you perform bad, that's telling. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so whatever the tape says is what the tape says. You want to go out there and perform well. And considering what he did, and that you know, the, the time he was out there, I thought he did well, especially considering he had to come back. Yeah. And drive them down the field to get the win. No matter the we we cheer this in practice when it happens. So why not cheer it in a preseason game? So I, I just feel like even with an eight and O'Connell, you like that these guys are going out there yeah. and playing well. Cause otherwise you don't want to put out bad tape because that's also telling. Well, it's it's sort of like it's yeah, exactly. It's like you're supposed to play well. Yeah. Right. And I also think competition matters too. You know, like the Panthers, um, where they score uh, 19 against the Giants, not that they were great offensively or anything like that, but I think anybody who's playing the Jets, right? Buccaneers scored 13, but that's not a ton. Jets scored six. It's just like the Jets' defensive line is just a problem, and they're not afraid to blitz. And you saw, like, with the Giants too, like, Wink Martindale is not afraid to blitz. So it, it's it's difficult to it's 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 kind of difficult to be able to assign like how much value each preseason game uh, is worth in particular. I actually went two and two on my four bets. Chiefs hey. covered Chiefs covered easily 38 to 10 beat down to the Cardinals. Um, and again, like people were like, Oh, Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Well, he went 10 to 15 and for 105 and a touchdown. Like he played a lot. Right. I mean, that's, that's what Andy Reid is going to do. It's what he's shown us. He's going to do uh, the Raiders covered easily should not have taken the lions. And then that giants Panthers Friday night under just annoying that that went uh, over that total. So I'll take two and two. Not bad. Yeah, Emery, you, you got me on that the over in the Packers game. But I will say I was right about the Packers. They did not play as well, did not score as many points, but that that game sailed over <laughs> the uh, 37. So you got me on that one. All right, guys, let's let's get into some season awards here, starting at the top with League MVP. But before we do, got a couple of trivia questions for both now of the, you. Now, on. the real question is, will you use – like if I had to guess your, if I had to guess your last, if I had to guess your two trivia, I have two guesses for what I think your trivia questions okay. will be. All I have right, no yeah. idea. I have no idea what they are. Is that is that like is that um guess. inappropriate guess to guess? guess one of them's easy and one of them's a little bit harder. Guess what the first okay. one is. I think the, I think I'm going to guess your specific questions. Wow. I think you will ask who was the last either who was the last running back or who was the last non quarterback to win MVP. No. 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 Okay. The answer is Adrian Peterson, 2012. Um, and then the other <laughs> you, one is... Are you trying to... Because you know that Emery's the football encyclopedia. Are you trying to get in front of it and just get some get some stuff right off the bat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look smart early. Before, yeah. And then the other is going to involve a kicker in the strike shortened season. No. Ah. Uh, Mark Mosley. 87. Which one? 82 87? 87. 87. Mark Mosley. The, uh, the only kicker to win MVP in the history of the league. So no, neither one of those? No. Okay. The first one is like a super easy layup. All right. Um, so who has won the most MVP awards in the league? Wow. 
or maybe it's not an easy layup. Wow. Isn't it, isn't it, a, isn't it like a three-way tie? No. Or is there somebody with five? Who's got five? Is it Manning has five? Peyton's got five? Manning has five. Peyton, Peyton has Manning five. Okay, yeah, with yeah, yeah. five. All right. But, 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 and, but Rogers has four. Favre has three or four? Three. Yeah, Favre has three. And then Brady has three or four. Three or four. Yeah, well, Peyton has the most at five. That's yeah, that's what five. I know here. Oh, wow. um, all right. So before they changed the name to be the most valuable player, the award was called what from 1938 to 1946? Most outstanding? That's um, a good guess. Hmm. It's this this one's hard. It's the Joe F. Carr Trophy. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Wow. Yeah, that's that's what it was called from 1938 to 1946. For the best football player of the year. Yes, I don't want to know. I don't want to know who Joe F. Carr was. I'm probably, <laughs> I was gonna, say, probably, don't probably ask gonna me. hate him if he dug up like probably <laughs> find out he did something nefarious back in that era. So not interested <laughs> in what he Joe, was. I don't worry, Joe. Joe F. Carr. Joe F. Carr blocked everybody on Twitter too. Uh, poor poor Derek Carr. <laughs> Derek, I know, that's what I was going to say. Elon Musk is getting rid of the block button. Derek Carr's life. Welcome to hell, Derek. We're all back, son. Oh, all right. Well, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to win the MVP uh, this year to go back to back uh, six to one after uh, winning both MVPs last year, both the, the league and the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl as well. He's followed by Burrow, Allen, who are both tied um i can't see the odds uh on the screen here. uh bro is plus 750 to allen's eight and a half to one hurts 11 to one herbert 12 lamar jackson 15 to one along with trevor lawrence in that same number rogers 16 to one justin fields 20 to one dak prescott 22 to one and tua at 22 to one those are all the quarterbacks under 25 to one all right. Thank you so much for that, Brinson. You wrote several articles on CBSSports.com breaking down these award markets, and you've tiered them as a favorite, a mid-range, and a long shot. So uh, we'll follow your lead here. Okay. So the way I did this for the CBSSports.com article, and I, these came out a couple of weeks ago, so the odds may have shifted a little bit. Um, probably use Caesars. I, the DraftKings odds fine here, but um, the you know what I wanted to do is pick one player from twenty-five to one or lower. And I, I sort of adjusted these depending on the award and depending on the circumstances. Like, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Demar Hamlin minus two eighty five to win Comeback Player of the Year, right? Like, so that that market is completely different than this market. Um, then I took twenty five to fifty, I think, and then fifty to one or longer. Maybe it's twenty five to forty, but something like that. Trying to find mid range shot and then a long shot. Now, look, the last, as I mentioned, the last quarterback, non quarterback to win MVP, Adrian Peterson in two thousand and twelve, um, and then. You had 2006, LaDainian Tomlinson before that. You should not wager your money on non-quarterbacks, in my no. opinion. It is a it is like we can say Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it's possible. Like a long shot. Christian McCaffrey. Po- Think about it. Christian McCaffrey, 11 to 1 to win Offensive Player of the Year and like 90 to 1 to win MVP. That's because that's just how these guys vote. Now, in a weird, weird, weird year where no quarterback distinguishes himself, it is possible for something to happen. I think it is still unlikely. Um, as I pointed out on Dave Damashek's uh, 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 Extra Points pod on the Omaha Network, <laughs> that um, that Peyton Manning, when he didn't win in 2012, probably gave an earful to a lot of voters. And then, since then, we've seen only quarterbacks. So my quarterback choice inside of 20 to 1 or inside of 25 to 1, Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Now, Trevor Lawrence, not – as good as Patrick Mahomes, not as good as Joe Burrow, not as good as Josh Allen so far in their NFL careers, not as good as Jalen Hurts. Now, I would take Trevor Lawrence over Jalen Hurts. I would take Trevor Lawrence over Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson already won an MVP, right? Aaron Rodgers won several. 
the reason I, Tre- Justin Fields at 20 to one is a joke, um, just because the Bears aren't very good. Trevor Lawrence at 15 to one. Here's the reason why. Okay. If you look at the quarterbacks in this top tier, Mahomes and Justin Herbert in the same division, Josh Allen and Tua Tagovailoa in the same division, Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen in the same division. Like Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow in the same division. Every like every single one, uh, there's six quarterbacks from the AFC in the same division. Trevor Lawrence, the only one by himself. The Jaguars have an easy schedule. The Jaguars have a good look at the number one overall seed. You have to win your division and likely get the number one seed to win the MVP. Their defense might not be great this year. I think Trevor Lawrence can absolutely put up the numbers in a second year in Doug Peterson's system to win MVP. I wish this was like 25 to 1, which is what it should be. These markets are not great, but such is life. Um, middle of the road, guys, I think you kind of have to rule out Deshaun Watson. I just don't think the voters will give him the award this close to that off-field stuff. Geno Smith at 40 to 1, too short. Jared Goff, kind of interesting. Um, I think that I ultimately went with Russell Wilson which I know seems insane, but if Russ plays really well and Sean Payton coaches him up and that team is good and they steal the division from the Chiefs, at 45-1, to you're getting some serious value with a guy who has had a Hall of Fame career for the most part. And then for my long shot, of course, I went with Matthew Stafford, unlikely to win, six-and-a-half win total for the Rams, but this is a guy who has put up MVP numbers before. He did it two years ago. Like in terms of 40 touchdowns, 4,500 passing yards, whatever it was, maybe San Francisco's quarterback situation is a, is a disaster. Maybe they deal with injuries. The Rams pop back up. They got Sean McVay still, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. Maybe they steal a division, and then all of a sudden Stafford's in that mix. Emery. I would probably lean um, a lean. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson as the favorite um, because it's funny when you watch Lamar, and I've said this ad nauseum, whenever he's out there, they end up being eight and two, the number one seed in the AFC, and he's leading the MVP votes. And then the last two years, he's gotten hurt. And then, you know, things go to you know what. But it's strange that he's always out there at the number one seed, leading the MVP votes with, you know, Mo Larry and Curly at wide receiver. And so now he has great weapons, um, a new pass, a newfound passing attack where they're going to actually spread the field and, and pepper guys with targets. So I like him as a favorite. My mid range is Aaron Rodgers strictly because, you know, media will talk about Rodgers ad nauseum and don't let the jets have a winning season. Like Rodgers will get it, you know, <laughs> Oh, it's, they are. Oh, this, they are. Emery. This could be minus whatever, just like DeMar Hamlin, when it come back clear the year, yeah. <laughs> already be yeah. minus whatever for Aaron Rodgers. So that's my mid range, my long range for a lot of what we'll talk about. But I also believe this player is still, fantastic a top eight quarterback in this league Deshaun Watson Mm -hmm. and I expect the Browns to be good I expect the Browns to be in the playoffs I expect them to finish second in that division so Watson to me would be the long shot that I would you know lay some money on but Lamar then Aaron Rodgers and then uh, Deshaun Watson for the long shot I like those. Um, I think when you look at the favorite, I'm not afraid to go chalk here with Mahomes at plus 600, even to go back to back. I don't think we've seen the ceiling for Mahomes. And as long as the Chiefs are still the Chiefs and you still have Reed as the coach and you still have the best tight end in the league and Travis Kelsey and the best quarterback in the league, I don't think it's impossible that that he goes back to back there. Middle range, um, I'm agreeing with uh 
Emery here and taking Aaron Rodgers. Uh, neither of you are that high on the Jets, uh, but I certainly am. I like them over their win total. I have been watching them on Hard Knocks. Maybe I'm drinking a little bit of the Kool-Aid here, but it we just seems like we have a different Aaron Rodgers. You know, he has won this award several times. He has some weapons there. I think that Garrett Wilson is special, and we're going to see a lot of crazy things from the two of them this year. So I like him. I took my odds earlier from Caesars at plus 1500. I'm not sure what it is on the DraftKings graphic. Um, and then for the long shot, no one's going to have as long of shots uh, as Brinson does here because that is his his specialty here are these mm. long shots. But I actually kind of like Justin Fields at plus 2500. Or I don't know what it is here. He's 20 to 1 now. 20 I to mean, 1 yeah, now. I mean. Yes, on this screen. And look, I'm higher on the Bears than most people are. I do think that, um, you know, Justin Fields is going to have a, a breakout year, specifically in the passing game. We know what this guy can do with his legs. You got him some pass catchers with G.J. Moore. Uh, we've already seen some cool stuff come out of training camp from them. I like Eberflus also as coach of the year. So if the Bears win their division and we see Justin Fields take a huge step up, coming from being the worst team in the NFL last year, um, I do think that that is a pretty good bet. The problem for me with Fields is that it's like they were the worst team in football and they have to win 12 games to win the MVP, I think. But and like I, I I understand why he has been a popular bet because the Bears, you know, you get DJ Moore, you see, yeah. you know, we see these preseason games and they and they improve the offensive line. There's all these different reasons. I think it's almost maybe more likely that I would want to get involved in Justin Fields for offensive player of the year, just because he can be explosive, exciting. He can do all this stuff. And it's like, so offensive player of the year. And like, look, you know, I talked about the quarterback factor with the MVP. When you, when you bet on these awards and I mentioned this ad nauseum, got my eye looks awful. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just realized well, you know, you know what to do. Yeah. But, oh yeah. I started teabag myself. Um, <laughs> just, just get a little teabag action going. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that the thing that you want to do is figure out what is the archetype for who's won these awards in years past. Right. And so for offensive player of the year, which we're now looking at like MVP is easy, right? It's the best quarterback in the league. You know, you need to be the number one seed. You need to win your division, et cetera, et cetera. Offensive player of the year. We've seen up until like 2018, very often that it could be either a double dip for the best quarterback with just a monster season, right? Peyton Manning in 2013, um, you know, they just he just such an incredible season that it was easy MVP and he was the best offensive player. Um, DeMarco Murray won in 2014, but then Cam Newton with his MVP season won it. Matt Ryan, just an insane season in 2016. And then Patrick Mahomes again in 2018. Well, the last four years, it's been basically the biggest bust out skill position guy at either running back or receiver, Michael Thomas, who had that uh, led the all time record for receptions with the saints in, in 2019. Derek Henry had the 2000, 2000 yard season in 2020 Cooper cup in 2021 with that ridiculous year. Um, and then Justin Jefferson last season. So to me, the best way to focus on this is to look at either a running back or a wide receiver, unless we think that the voting patterns have changed. Like, if Josh Allen goes out and throws for 5,000 passing yards and 50 touchdowns, he's going to win the he's going to win both the awards, right? Like there's just nothing you can do about it. But in lieu of that, I think the way to and, and the odds back this up. The highest quarterback 
is Justin Fields at 20 to one. He has the same odds for offensive player of the year and MVP. I'd much rather bet him to win offensive player of the year because you do need to have a good team season, but you don't have to be the best team in football to win offensive player of the year. Lamar Jackson, 25 to one, Joe Burrow, 25 to one, Jalen Hurts, 30 to one. Those are your quarterbacks. Think about where those guys are relative to their MVP odds. They're jacked up because the belief now is that we're going to see a skill position guy win this. Um, for me, this is so easy at the top. Christian McCaffrey at 15 yeah. to one. And we can all say him. I don't even care. Like we don't have to be different here. I can't believe he's not the favorite to win this award. He is on a team that's really good with like the third best Super Bowl odds or fourth best Super Bowl odds. He has, it has been shown in a half season when he was traded and he, he's like suited up three days after he was like, like three days after the deal actually went done and played and had a great game that he can perform this Cal Shanahan offense. Cal Shanahan's going to move him around. He's going to have him in the backfield. He's going to have him split out. He's going to catch a ton of passes. He's going to run for a ton of yards. 15 to one is good value. It's, he should be like eight to one, in my opinion, to win this award. So um, for me, that like that that's like a no brainer yeah. uh, in terms of betting on that. If 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 you if you believe that if you if you believe that Christian McCaffrey can be what he was supposed to be over the full full course of a season, my uh, mid tier guys that I'll go with Austin Eckler forty to one. Chargers could be a twelve in team with old Beachbody Stafford. <laughs> second in that division in the AFC West. You don't have to win the division, and Eckler scores twenty touchdowns. And it'd be an easy pick, especially with the the narrative that running backs don't matter. And you have a big running back season. They want to reward the running backs. Maybe Eckler is the play. Uh, I, I like CeeDee Lamb as well. I don't think I mentioned him in, in, in the rundown, but I think CeeDee Lamb at 35 to 1. If, you know, the Cowboys end up having a, a big season. And, and we've seen with Mike McCarthy call, play called offenses that sometimes, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers and his targets, locking in on one guy as the alpha receiver – CD Lamb could end up having a monster year. And then my long shot, Calvin Ridley, 60 to 1. <laughs> parlay it if you want. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Don't, don't, don't parlay. Um, <laughs> it's Calvin Ridley it. laugher if you, if you like those. Uh, but I think Calvin Ridley, 60 to 1, especially if like Lawrence, you know, Lawrence needs to have a big, big year, but not win MVP because they won't, they want to spread the awards around. But I think Ridley, like 60 to 1, that dude, he could be a monster in that offense. So those are, those are my uh, three picks there. I, I think, um, for offensive player of the year, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh you know the 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 guy that's kind of like this era's version of either Curtis Martin or Barry mm. Sanders, Susan Lucci. You know, he's never gonna get the Russian title because Derrick Henry is always right there, and that's what Tennessee does. But Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb quietly mm. averages over five yards a carry every time. And it's just amazing to watch him just run because he doesn't have the swag. He doesn't wear gloves. Nothing about him looks like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go grab that Nick Chubb jersey. But he's super productive and super explosive, super dynamic, and is hella consistent. And I feel like when if Watson is having the season I expect him to have, that means Chubb is going to have a fa fantastic season as well, too. And I think people underestimate how good you have to be to average five yards of carry in this era, in this style of offense that they run. So I like Nick Chubb as my favorite. My mid-tier guy is a San Francisco 49er, but it's Debo Samuel. Oh. And watching Debo Samuel just play football, uh -huh. I, I, he's like, um, if I could use a basketball reference, I would say he's someone just get buckets. Like, he a, he a hooper, right? And so when you watch him just go out there, he just be playing football. Doesn't matter if he's technically lined up 
as a wide receiver or listed as a wide receiver or as a running back. You know, he just finds ways to get yards and put the ball in the paint. So for me, you know, when you watch Debo and just watch him have a phenomenal season at any position in crucial moments, make the make those clutch plays. I feel like he has a chance to to really, uh, especially now that he dropped ways that he got in better shape and all that good stuff that they love to say in the offseason. He's my mid-tier guy. I would be willing to put some money on a long shot. Funny enough, is Justin Herbert because Whoa. all the passing yards. They, I don't think Eckler's Eckler to me is funny money because they don't want to run the ball at all, you know. And Eckler is not really that dominant at running the football. They want to throw it, and they got weapons galore. They always have weapons at wide receiver and at tight end. Their offensive line, I think, is very underrated, especially what they've added recently on the interior. They should have – he should throw for over 5,000 yards. Um, and we know the, the league wants to – they want him to be great. So they're going to give him something. If he's throwing for over 5,000 yards and has 40-plus touchdown passes and, you know, cuts down on the fourth quarter intercepts with the game on the line, then, you know, they'll find a way to give him this award because the stats will prove it. He'll have the wild plays. Um, and I think that's something at, – at, especially at plus 3,000, to me, it's a, a nice long shot that could potentially uh, hit. I love that Debo pick, actually. And I do think that, you know, w- with Christian McCaffrey coming to San Francisco, Debo doesn't want to be outshined. You know, he was the 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 wide back uh, beforehand. He, not, he didn't have a bad season last season, but I think Christian McCaffrey took a lot of that shine away. So it seems to be that he's really motivated um, to show that he is, is just as good. So I do really like that pick. Obviously, we know with me, Christian McCaffrey is the favorite. Like I've said it on this program probably a little less than 50 times, so we don't need to go into that again. I also think Tyree Kill is kind of interesting here um, at plus 2,000. He's coming off the best year of his career, and he didn't even have Tua the entire time. Now, this is under the assumption that Tua is healthy and Tua has a good year. There's no reason to think that Tyreek Hill should not be a contender for this. And at plus 2,000, I really like that value. And when I look at someone like Devontae Adams at plus 3,000, put some respect on Jimmy Garoppolo's name, okay? (laughs) This guy had 14 touchdowns last year with Derek Carr. And if Jimmy Garoppolo knows how to do anything, it's to get the ball to the star wide receiver. He can do this. And look, it's only the preseason. But what we've seen from the Raiders is that they do have depth. I think their backups are better than a lot of backups that we've seen. So Raiders might be sneaky, not terrible this year. And you look at someone like Devontae Adams at plus 3,000. I just... I just think that's this too much to give him. So I love that one. You know, there's actually a um, speaking of like old school NFC West guys. There's actually a guy in the NFC West that I love for defensive player of the year. Who is it? I will tell you next coming up after the break. Driving into the stadium, seeing everybody tailgating. I get that ready to go feeling. You know, to walk through the fan section over there and see that many people excited about football. So I'm really looking forward to it. You get away from football for a little bit and then you start missing and you get that itch again. For me, that first catch is everything. Once I get one catch, I'm in the zone. Getting back to football. We can't wait. Can't wait. We can't wait. We can't wait. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox, Will Brinson, and Emery Hunt here. All right, guys, let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. When you look at these odds, uh, Nick Bosa coming off his first win has the fifth best odds at plus 1,100. At least he did on Caesars. We'll see what it pulls up here on DraftKings. Um, Micah Parsons is, or Parsons, excuse me, is the favorite at, what does it say, plus 500 there? Plus 500. Five to one, yeah, 5 to 1 for Parsons, 8 yeah. to 1 for Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, 8.5, 12 for Nick Bosa. 15 for Sauce, 20 to 1 for Max Crosby, 25 to 1 for Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, Aiden Hutchinson, and Hassan Reddick. This is actually a good lesson to make sure that you guys are line shopping because I got all of my odds from Caesars today. They're different um, here. They're vastly different. Yeah, so different. So make sure if you like something, look at all the books uh, that you have money in and, and bet with the best uh, line that you can get there. Okay, one more trivia question Ooh, for the awesome. fellas. And this one, I mean, I think it's pretty easy, okay? How many times has a Watt brother won Defensive Player of the Year? I believe the answer is four. That is correct, four. Now, who can name what years and assign a name to it? Okay, so JJ Watt, so TJ Watt won in 2021. Correct. JJ Watt won in 2010. Nope. 11. Nope. 12. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 12 was with the New York Super Bowl with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn uh-huh. it. Um, I knew that because I was there for that one because Rodgers won MVP that year and Olivia Munn showed up and we were all like, oh my God, Olivia Munn. Oh my God. Um, no, not a good, okay. That was, that was what I sounded like. I was like geeking out like, oh my God, All right, oh my so God. 2012, uh, 2014. <laughs> yes. And 2015. Correct. Oh, not bad. Not bad. Not I, bad. Knew was, right. I knew it was three or four. I just couldn't remember the year it started. It was a long, it was when I started covering. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. So, uh, let's go. <laughs> actually, actually your- ironically, um, I have the I have the, the list of defensive player of the year literally open on my computer. It was too stupid to look down and figure out what years it was. Well, I wish I had. We know you're not a cheater. That's we know right. you're not a cheater. So that's good to right. know. Okay, let's go in reverse this time. Emery, first give us your long shot, then your mid-range, and then your favorite for defensive player of the year. My long shot is Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect this dude to go off this year. Like I'm talking. 15 sack going off you know what i'm saying like he his body looks different i've been at training camp his body looks different he's he actually looks like he put on some good pro weight last year his past looked like he was wearing them gym thorpe pants it was all baggy you're like man he looks skinny but now he's filled out his frame he's back to what he looked like at oregon um and his twitch is still there the power is still there 
He's not dealing with any kind of nagging injury issues that lingered into last season. This dude should have a phenomenal season. So that's my long shot. My mid-tier guy is Aiden Hutchinson. You know, I feel like Hutchinson, he's is if we're expecting Detroit to do things uh better this year and get to the playoffs, we all I think believe that Detroit will yeah. either win the division or get to the playoffs. Um, I feel like Aiden Hutchinson will have one of those years. We saw this dude catch interceptions last year, you know, sacks, he's making uh game-changing plays that need to be made at the right time. So I'm always big on guys having those wild plays. Just like with the Heisman Trophy, you better have those those wild moments. Hutchinson has a chance to do that, which how much Detroit we're going to be watching uh, this season. And I'm not going to play around with the favor. I'm going with Micah Parsons. You know, this is someone that's going to probably approach 20 sacks this season uh, with how dynamic he is and has been since stepping foot on, on the field. When I when, It was funny because when he was coming out of college, remember he set out that year. And so yep. I didn't have him as a my number one inside linebacker. I didn't think he was playing inside linebacker. I didn't know if he was going to be playing outside or inside. I didn't know he was going to place edge, which is yeah. a whole different separate position. No one did, but they drafted him. He would have gone like second overall. <laughs> right. It was like, yo, what, what, what's, what he's going to play? So totally whiffed on that evaluation. But, man, Same. him at edge has been a, a, a godsend. That's that's like Von Miller-like, you know, um, when, when he was out there. So I, this dude is going to have a phenomenal season. I didn't expect the Cowboys defense to be good as well. I like that. Um uh, my my long shot, it's not a terrible long shot, and you'll have to help me because when I was on Caesars, Aaron Donald was, was listed at plus 2,600. What does it say there on the screen? Will? 25 to 1 for Donald, yeah. 25 to 1. Anytime you can get Aaron, or excuse me, yeah, Aaron Donald considered a sleeper, you're going to have to go ahead and take that. And I know that the Rams are not supposed to be good this year. They're in retooling. But, you know, Donald missed some time last year. But this guy is an absolute beast, and he's always going to be up there for me. So I like him as a little bit of a long shot. Uh, middle tier, probably not going to happen. Uh, Nick Bosa, 11-1 uh, to 1 at Caesars. What is he here, Brinson? 12 to 12 to one. I, I 12 think to that's one, a little better odds, uh, you know, to go, to go back to back. I mean, Nick got, said, well, I was going to say just on the archetype thing, you know, we talk about that and look, you got to be a special, special player. But since 2014, we mentioned the two JJ Watt years, Aaron Donald won back to back years and then won a third time. So like yeah. voter fatigue for defensive player of the year is not a factor. If you have that great a season, they will run it right back with the guy who won the year before. Okay, I love that. And I do think that the Niners defense, again, number one uh, in the league, we'll see how they are under Steve Wilkes, but um, I like that. And then also TJ Watt. I'm do I'm going back to the Watt farm uh, here. And if he's on this list, I'm always going to take him. I know he isn't exactly the favorite, plus 700 or what is he, plus six? Eight, eight, eight and a half to eight, one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Eight and a half. Better odds here on DK than on um, Caesars. Until last season where he had a low of five and a half sacks due to obviously tearing his pectoral muscle he finished in the top three of defensive player of the year voting in four consecutive years before he won in 2021 like you said Brinson there isn't exactly voter fatigue for this uh category and you just look at what what the Steelers look like when he's playing versus when he's not he played in 10 games last year they went eight and two he missed seven games they went one and six in those games this guy is an absolute game changer so I like TJ Watt as my favorite so uh, just really quickly on the archetype too, like every year since 2011, which is you know the new CBA, which is what I like to look at when talking about these awards, it's been a pass rusher except for two seasons, Luke Keekley in 2013. He just had, you know, it was Luke Keekley. Like he stepped on the scene, one defensive rookie of the year, and then second season just had another monster year and one defensive player of the year. And then 2019, 
when Stephon Gilmore won it for the Patriots at cornerback. So you want to bet on pass rushers. Like Gilmore's year, there were just really – it was kind of like – there was like, eh, we don't know who to vote for. There's not a great option, but Gilmore led the league in interceptions, 20 passes defense. He was great on an elite defense. And then Keekley again, like – so barring a really, really great season from like a linebacker, you know, or, or, or a cornerback or like a lack of a big season from a pass rusher, which is really unlikely to occur in a 17 game year where teams are dropping back 65% of the time. You want to bet on these pass rushers. That is the way you should go with this award is to pick pass rushers. Both of you guys pick three and I have three as well. Um, long shot wise, I'm going to go. I think uh, I, I like what Emory went, but I'm going to go right next to him and go with Bradley Chubb, my guy out of NC state dolphins could surprise some people when that division if they do and he has a great season rushing the passer uh you can see and, and you know the analytics help now these days where you can say oh he's great against the run etc cetera, etc cetera. um in terms of the uh mid-range guy i actually went aaron donald at, at 25 to 1 or 26 to 1 again i think katie's spot on it's like anytime you can bet on aaron donald at 25 <laughs> to 1 or longer take a shot on it because they don't have to be great like yeah. the, like the, the rams if Aaron Donald has an Aaron Donald year, the voters will reward him. Um, and I think they're, they're more than willing to do that versus like giving him a um, comeback player of the year. I had a son Reddick on that list too. Uh, I think you know he's a little banged up and he's having surgery. So probably don't want to bet on him. I, I think I would probably go to Nick Bosa who, uh, as long as he gets contractually taken care of 12 to one, he had been getting paid, right? I didn't miss that. Did he? He's still No, he hasn't. If he's going to, I think he's going he's going to be the highest paid. If that, well, that, no, nobody's too, worried like, about it. Yeah. If he gets paid, he's under 10 to one. So like if 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 he gets paid and we know he's going to play the full season, mm. he probably drops under 10 to 1. So now would be the time to bet Nick Bosa before that deal comes in at the start Smart. of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Also an archetype mm. for this. Yeah. If you look at it, it's gotta be you you can be a quarterback and win it. You ain't got to be on a good team. Justin Herbert won it. Beach Pod Stafford won it at 6-10. and 10. Kyler Murray won it at 5-10-1. Emery, what do you think uh, in terms of long shots, mid-range, and favorites here? Well, I feel like Herbert won it because of how he had to get the job. I mean, he just – they told him, like, what, right before kickoff, hey, man, you got to go in. We yeah, because they stabbed Tyrod right? Taylor in the exactly. kidney. <laughs> we, we, had, we, had, we had attempted murder happening over here. Like, you got to go in. <laughs> you know? So – and he went out there and lit it up. So, um, but for me, it's like, hold on, let me put my collar up because oh, let okay. people know I ain't playing yeah. with y'all. Uh -huh. uh -huh. Anthony Richardson winning this one. This is my favorite because I also yeah. like mm. the coach to win the division, right? And so for me, and we know how this is, it's no different than MVP or anything like that. If a team is doing well, quarterback will get the credit. And it just so happened to have a rookie quarterback. And if he's playing well, we know the coach, I think, have a lot of good personnel pieces around on both sides of the ball. They'll give it to Anthony Richardson. That's my favorite. My mid-tier guy is Jameer Gibbs because I feel like he's going to have so much fun running up and down the field on that turf in Detroit indoors uh, in the um, it, it, at Ford Field. Then he gets to play indoors in Minnesota. Um, it's going to be fun to watch him just tear it up uh, all throughout the season. I, I didn't go rubber stamp with B. John Robinson because I know that's an easy thing and people kind of just rubber stamp B. John Robinson as RB1 and all kind of just like kind of people rubber stamp. There's one uh, football show that everybody claims they love, but it's really awful. Um, it shall remain nameless. Oh, uh, oh is this guys, is this about a is this about like a, a team a one team every year? A, right, exactly. Right. If you yeah, if yeah, yeah. you win all state because you're the only team in the state, that's right. what I'm referring to. Good, good call right there, Will. 
And my long shot is Trey Palmer, <laughs> wide receiver uh, for yeah. Tampa Bay. Big fan of him coming out of Nebraska. Big fan of him because he's also from New Orleans, so I know you got that dog in him. And you mm, Two preseason touchdowns. Out. Yeah, exactly. And they've been wild touchdowns, too. At plus 6,000 with Tampa, I, I kind of like Baker Mayfield throwing the ball deep down the field. I feel like Baker Mayfield is being underrated a little bit with Tampa Bay. I think Trey Palmer is going to surprise some folks, and people are going to say, well, how did he fall this far in the draft? So why not throw a couple shekels on plus 6,000, according to Caesar's odds? I like that. I agree with you on Anthony Richardson. That's been my favorite for a long time. And I will say a month ago on Caesars, he was nine to one. And now what are we looking at him here? Plus 600. So yeah, you could have got him for, for better, but all the, all the reasons that you said, Emery, I think, you know, in a Shane Steichen led offense, uh, we saw how he was able to develop Jalen hurts with the Eagles. You got to think that there's a huge upside for Richardson here. So um, love him as a favorite. And then I don't have a third one, but I like Zay flowers um, at Caesars. Yeah. Plus, oh, yeah. 20, plus 2,500, I believe is plus 3,000. 30 um, to 1 at DraftKings, yep. Yeah, and and look, the past two offensive rookies of the years have gone to receivers, so why not make it a third with Zay Flowers? And you look at this Ravens new look offense with Flowers and OBJ. is like what a great mentor that he has been to him, and they're getting along really well. And then you got a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. You finally got rid of Greg Roman. So this offense is generating a ton of buzz right now. I think they're going to be a much more pass-heavy team than they have been in the past. And you look at someone like Flowers, he had, what, 78 passes, over 1,000 yards, Yards, 12 touchdowns with a crappy quarterback in college last year. And now he's got Lamar Jackson, who I think is going to have a big breakout year. So I like Zay Flowers um, at what do you say, 30 to 1. Yeah. Um, I would, I would throw out too, like, again, like, I'm not, I, I agree. Zay Flowers at 30 to 1, great. I like Quentin Johnson at 22 to 1. Jalen Hyatt, a good long shot at 40 to 1 with the Giants. We saw him catch. He had a really bad drop on Friday night against Carolina in the preseason, followed up immediately by absolutely smoking Eric Rowe and getting deep wide open for a touchdown, I believe from Tyrod Taylor. Uh, and so that, like, the, the rookie out of Tennessee could be a pretty good look. The problem with anybody who's not a quarterback. Mentioned it before. We've seen yeah. the we've seen the we've seen the wide receivers win it in the last two years. We've seen running backs win it. I think it's three wide receivers, four running backs, and five quarterbacks, maybe five running backs in the last since 2011. You have to die if you are betting on anybody at a wide receiver or running back position here. You have to dodge like five win competent seasons from Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, and CJ Stroud, and two of those guys are in the same division, which I guess could cannibalize each other. Yeah. But like to me, Bryce Young at five to one, that's where the biggest investment should be. Carolina is has a pretty easy schedule. If they they don't have to win the division, if they win seven games and Bryce Young plays the whole season and doesn't get killed behind this offensive line, he should get serious, serious consideration for that award. So I think Bryce Young uh, and I really like Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, and, and Jalen Hyatt. I believe that's all of the rookie looks that I had. Oh, Tank Bigsby, 50 to 1. Don't hate it all. Yeah. Um, he's gotten a ton of uh, run so far in the preseason has looked fantastic. And if something happens to Travis Etienne, you know, he could be the feature back for a, a top tier team in the Jaguars. He also could just be the guy around the goal line and get all those carry, all those high value carries for the Jags too. I love it. All right, let's move on to defensive rookie of the year. Last year, Sauce Gardner took home the honors by considerable margin with 242 points in 46 first place votes. This award has been dominated by first round picks with Colts linebacker Shaq Leonard is the only non-first round selection in the past 16 uh, seasons who got the award. Leonard also the only linebacker to win the award in the past decade. Emery, who's your favorite? 
I'm not playing around. Will Anderson. We mm. we had reached the point of the draft cycle where people was, were asking, "Is Will Anderson actually good?" It's <laughs> like like stop, bro. Like every time, <laughs> like I hate when we when you have the consensus number one to where he should sit out the year and go straight to the NFL. The NCAA is bad to the point where you say, "Well, he's not yeah. really that good." Like like shut up, man. All of this stuff is just nonsense. I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. That's my favorite. Um, my mid-tier guy, I'm not deviating away because he can also be the favorite. Anderson, by the way, had a really good week two preseason game too. Yeah, don't ever ask a running back to block a defensive end. You, you're pushing it by asking us to block a linebacker. Like, <laughs> don't ask him to block, period. Like, So um, Jalen Carter is my mid-tier guy. He, he, again, he's so good. Every time we watch him uh, at, at Georgia, he was just in the backfield. Even when you had other stars around him, uh, within that defense, you always focused on him, and he's off to a great start in Philly. My long shot is he may end up being in a higher gun role mm. for the New York Jets, and that's Will McDonald, the pass rusher. He may not start, but he may be a situational pass rusher, and if he's played uh, throughout the season like he's played so far in the preseason, it's hard for people to ignore And Plus, we already know, we talked about this all episode, Aaron Rodgers, they're winning – MVP, you know, Sauce Gardner may be defensive player of the year, you know, again. And now you could look at, oh, we got to get a, a Jets, a rookie. It's, it could be all synergy for the Jets, for the hard knock Jets. So I'm going with McDonald as a long shot. The um, long shot I'm going to throw out, Marte Mapu for the mm -hmm. Patriots, 100 to 1. You got a Sacramento State mid-round pick with Bill Belichick. Like he's been, like, this is just like would be too classic Belichick. And I want to, I want the FOMO. I want to be able to like tell it might even be longer now at this point. It could be shorter. I, had, I haven't looked at uh DraftKings in a while. Uh third round pick, like, you know, I don't know. This is just like a quintessential Belichickian pick. Like the Patriots defense is really good. And Mapu comes in there and makes a huge difference. Uh, I'm a Drew Sanders honk. Uh, I think if, if used correctly and like just asked to be like a situational pass rusher, who's not thinking too much and just send him off the edge. Um, Drew Sanders for, for the Broncos could make sense. Uh, I, Guessing he's well past 30 to one now. He was 30 to one a while ago. Um, who knows exactly how much time he's going to get? I don't think the Will Anderson thing, anything's wrong. Jack Campbell at 14 to one. This guy's all over the place. They called his name 50 times, I feel like, during that preseason game on, on Saturday afternoon. Um, if the Lions are great and Campbell is racking up tackles, you could see that happening. First round pick fits that sort of archetype as well. Uh, but then Emmanuel Forbes at uh, 20 to one now. Numbers drifted down a little bit. He had six pick six is which is very on brand for this podcast. Six pick sixes. <laughs> Six mm. pick sixes in a season for Mississippi State. Like, if this dude houses three pick sixes, he houses three interceptions this year, he's going to win the award. And at 20 to one, like, that's the sort of attention where, like, if you score touchdowns, if you score points for your team on defense as a rookie, you are going to get a lot of attention. This is a good defense in Washington that's not going to ask him to be, like, the standout number one corner, like, the, the guy who is sort of like a lockdown anchor. Uh, it doesn't have to be like Sauce Gardner last year. So I think um, the, the possibility, the tantalizing possibility of pick sixes make him interesting for me. 
All right. I like that. Um, again, I only, I have like a favorite and then I have a middle tier slash uh, long shot. I think you can just, I think you just explained why you like whoever you like, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's it's right. not exactly that there are three, but I'm actually, I know that pass rushers are typically viewed as the favorites here, but I'm, I'm going cornerbacks uh, for a couple of these. And they have got some love in recent years. I'm looking first at Witherspoon at plus, uh, uh, I think he's at plus a thousand plus 1100. I don't know what it is on those odds there, but, one, I just look at him in this Seahawks defense, and I think he is going to start, first of all, because in the last five years, the winner of the award has logged at least 76% or more of the team's defensive snaps. I do think that he's going to start this season opposite Tariq Woolen. Uh, you know, he's coming off of a, a season last year in Illinois where he had 14 pass breakups, three interceptions. You look at the Seahawks schedule, and they're going against some gunslingers, right? You got Burrow, Stafford, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott. He could be primed uh, for some big interceptions and certainly breaking up some passes here. I th certainly think he's going to have the, um, the ability to do so. So I like him for this. I feel, why am I like really big on this screen uh, right here? Yeah. Uh, well, thank thank you, Billy, for the uh, extra airtime here. But also for more of a long shot, I'm looking at Joey Porter Jr. Uh, with the Steelers. I believe he's at plus 2,000. They haven't had a defensive rookie of the year since 2001 with Kendrell Bell. Um, he has the best odds of any of the second round picks. I know we talk about this, how this particular category, it's a lot of first round picks. Um, but I think he could have gone in the first round and certainly he slid down the draft a bit. A lot of draft analysts thought that he would be selected in the first round. I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Also, when you look at, um, at wow, how, what's Billy, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing like Hollywood squares here. I like it. Um, but when you look at Pittsburgh, right, they're so dominant up front. And what does that do to quarterbacks? Well, it forces them to get the ball out faster, leaving a lot of room for the secondary to shine with either pass deflections or some interceptions. So I'm kind of going the cornerback route on this one. I think Joey Porter Jr. Uh, at plus 2000 is kind of a sneaky pick. All right, and we are going to uh, toss to break right here. We are next going to talk about Coach of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year. You might think that DeMar Hamlin is a lock, and he definitely is, but we'll have some more picks <laughs> after the break. The man, the myth, the messy. Catch Inter-Miami, take on FC Cincinnati in the U.S. Open Cup on the all-new Galazzo Network. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus. In a good way. No one died. Mean Girls. Made at PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right. Coach of the year. Love coach of the year bets. Why? Because there's tons of value on them. Like the favorite starts at 10 to one. It's, you know, it's like, normally you get like five to one for, for defensive player of the year. You get like whatever it is. And now you get 10 to one 
Uh, sorry, eight, Dan Campbell has uh, drifted down to eight and a half to one and, and Sean Payton nine to one. So I take that back. But I mean, depending on where you look, Caesar still has Arthur Smith, the favorite at 10 to one. So if you like Arthur Smith, obviously go to DraftKings 14 to one there. If you like um, Sean Payton, 12 to one at Caesars, nine to one at DraftKings. This is not reflective of like any particular sports book. It's just simply the odds are different in different places. Like maybe DraftKings has been peppered by Sean Payton bets. And so they've got, you know, they've got a bunch of, uh, they got an exposure to Sean Payton. They, and they, they creep the number down. Um, so, Emery, your favorites, long shots, or just anybody you think is worth discussing in this context. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Dan Campbell could swing this to the negatives, to a heavy favorite, if they just let him coach on the sideline with his Ford 6500 truck with a drink and a liquid death in a black T-shirt, right? They just let him just be, just be Dan Campbell. <laughs> but my favorite is kind of tied to my rookie of the year because they tend to be one and the same. We've seen this happen before. Shane Steichen will be my pick for coach of the year, my favorite, because I expect them to have success. I expect them to win the division. I expect Anthony Richardson to play well. He's going to get the credit for help developing the raw rookie out of Florida. Um, they're going to have a lot of offensive success. I like Steichen to win it. My mid-tier guy, kind of what you talked about earlier, uh, Will, you kind of laid it out perfectly for Sean Payton. If he can... Mm fix Russell Wilson or fix this offense, if this offense could just average 20 points a game instead of, you know, four, they'll be fine. Like, they'll they'll win a lot of games. Their defense is still going to be good. And he's going to have some, you know, guys that's going to step up and make plays, like Jalil, Jalil McLaughlin, um, rookie running back out of Youngstown State, formerly of Notre Dame College in Ohio. So he's someone I think is going to make the roster. And Sean Payton always has these guys that come out of nowhere and have success. I think he's a good, solid mid-tier option. My long shot is Sean McVay because we know he gives off heavy youth summer camp counselor vibes, but the guy can coach his butt off on the football field. And so if he gets this Ram team over six and a half wins, and if they're flirting around that seventh playoff spot Mm. in like week 13 or 14, you got to give them credit because this team is about as young as UCLA, right? Because this is a, a rookie-laden team <laughs> on the two deep. So I like him as my long shot. At uh, Early today was plus 3,500 on Caesars. I'd be interested to see where it is now. Yeah. So the, the one thing about um, Coach of the Year, too, is like basically I think I looked it up and the um, the no, average number is like three and a half wins over the past 10 years or something where the coach, you exceed your win total expectation, right, by three and a half. And so good list by Emory there because you don't want to like, and I mean, Katie, if you're, if you have Andy Reed, I don't want to F you up here, but like, like, like Andy, but like if Andy Reed wins 14 games, you're like, 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 so his over under is 11 and a half, right? You've got to win like 14 games or 13, yeah. 14 games and like be so dominant. And people are still give credit to like, it's why Bill Belichick and Mike Krzyzewski never won coach of the year. It's because right. the expectations were already so high that it was difficult to pull off. So like Belichick this year is actually a pretty decent look uh, for me. The top of the list, um, every mentioned Sean Payton, nine to one. I got no problem going to Sean Payton. Like their, their win total is eight and a half. If they win 10 or 11 games, and you don't have to be three and a half. We've seen one and a half pull it off, but the average three and a half. Some guys do it by five wins or something like that. 
In fact, Brian Dable, two last year. Mike Vrabel, two and a half over their expected total. Kevin Stefanski, two and a half. Harbaugh, five and a half. Nagy, four and a half. McVay, five. Jason Garrett, four and a half. Ron Rivera, six and a half. Bruce Arians, three and a half. And Rivera, five. So, like, that's the range you need to be in for your win, like, to exceed your win total expectation. I think Sean Payton can clearly do that. We've seen the success he had in, uh, in, in New Orleans. He doesn't have to win the division. If Russell Wilson is a lot better Sean Payton's going to get a lion's share of that credit. I think Frank Wright, 25 to 1. I know I'm just all over the Panthers here with Bryce Young at 5 to 1. But, like, if Frank Wright wins that division, that's why Arthur Smith's 14 to 1 or 9 to 1, depending on where you look. If Frank Wright wins that division at 25 to 1 with a rookie quarterback in his first year, he is getting love for this award. Um, And then for the same reason, I like McVay as well. I actually went with – I actually went with Mike. I went with Mike Vrabel at thirty-five to one instead, though, just because I think the Titan. The people are so down on the Titans that if Vrabel has a a a good year, you could see the Titans like like if you you, Vrabel coaches this Titans team up that everybody's out on, and they win ten games, like when they won the you know they won the 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 number one seed or whatever. Like, I think that I think that that is a good look as well. I like those. And I agree with you guys that this is definitely a narrative based awards and the best coaches aren't even going to be in consideration, even though maybe they should. Uh, I like Chicago again. I like uh, Eberflus at plus 1300. I believe there it looks like he's 11 to one. Um, you know, I feel like also rookie head coaches are favored on this a lot. Dable took home the honors last season, uh, making him the ninth uh, since 2000 to have a rookie head coach win that award. Eberflus, his first year with the Bears couldn't have been worse, like an utter disaster, the worst record in the league. However, if he can turn this around, which I think that they can, um, I think that he has a good chance uh, of winning this. I mean, they they really did well with the draft capital from dealing their number one overall. They added those pass catchers. We already talked about this when I was talking about fields a little bit earlier. I think that Chicago can win the NFC North. Um, and if they do, and they do a little bit better coming from the worst team to now all of a sudden a good team. Uh, I like Iberflus there. I also like Robert Sala, of course, at plus 1600. Can't see exactly where he is there on this list. Um, but uh, look, the Jets have been a poverty franchise for a very long time. Robert Sala comes in. They have a decent year last year. Now you get Aaron Rodgers. Let's say they go as far as I think they can go. Robert Sala is kind of a, a good pick for that. And then, you know, Brinson, we're high on D'Amico Ryans. Uh, it's a little bit concerning how many injuries the Texans have uh, going on right now in the preseason. But D'Amico Ryans um, at 20 to one or wherever he is here, um, I think is going to be a good bet if if the Texans do come out and have uh, a good D'Amico year. D'Amico Ryans, 25. Five to one. I actually don't see. Oh, Salah's sixteen to one. Sorry, I didn't yeah. even see that. Yeah, I love that. All right, let's move on um, to comeback player of the year. Brinson, is there a world where Demar Hamlin does not win this? He's currently priced at minus two eighty five, and then uh, next up you got Russell Wilson and Tua following with plus two thousand odds. I mean, there's just I don't know what would so, have to happen that Demar doesn't win. Well, so here's the thing though, Demar Hamlin is on the field now, and he is a great story to start the year. He's, it's, it's an incredible story. Don't get me wrong. Like, coming back and playing. After dying? Is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, after dying on the field, yes. Is, could it, is be, pretty, could pretty it be better? <laughs> now there's some conspiracy theorists out there that think. Oh, oh really? Sorry, oh, have you not don't heard go down that rabbit hole, Katie. Oh, dude, they're so weird. Yeah, like, don't do it. <laughs> they think it was like they think it was like faked by the NFL to like drum up ratings. It's just the most oh, insane God. thing of all time. Um, <laughs> Ah! Um, <laughs> um, 
So uh, I do think, though, that there is a case to be made that by the time that we get to January mm-hmm. and people are voting on this award, that you could make the case that there will be more surprising stories and that the, just the people who are voting will think, of course, Tamar Hamlin, the easy choice. But if he's that locked, why didn't he minus 10,000? You can bet minus 285. You don't want to lay that type of juice over a full no. season. No. But I think, there's a, I think there's a case to be made that, um, in particular, a name on this list hmm. that just stands out to me in a big way. Now, I think Russell Wilson at 20 to 1 is a good bet. Russell Wilson, if Russell Wilson has a, if they win 10 plus games after his stinker of a season yeah. and he plays well, Russell Wilson will be in the mix for this award, right? I mean, like, again, tomorrow, him, a great story now. It's a long time until January. Like, these things can flip overnight and you can see people reward the on field production. The other name that I think is just, this is just being slept on. Okay. John Mechie, the third, he's coming back from leukemia. That's the barometer. That's that's the meter that we're using. Jamar Hamlin is probably going to win it, but like Alex, but remember Alex Smith won the award because he was forced into action after his broken leg. It was sort of like, all right, if Alex Smith has to play, then he's going to win this award. He didn't play until the end of the year when he had to play. Now, like Demar Hamlin's been on the field, but like Demar Hamlin's not going to be, like a high impact player, right? I mean, we don't we don't think that to be the case. Now, maybe he is, and I'm completely wrong. But I just think Mechie coming back from leukemia from missing an entire season. If the Texans are better than we think, and he's like their number one receiver, and he's flashed some of the preseason, could absolutely be in the mix for this award. Um, and then I think that you could probably take some shots. I mentioned these guys in the article as longer shots. I I, I think you got to be a little careful here because again, someone died. And then you got, you know, Mechie coming back from leukemia. Mm. Uh, but Sam Darnold at 45 to 1 and Jamal Adams at 80 to 1. I think both guys just, you know, you have, uh, you know, either Darnold's career that he's coming back from or, or Adams with the injury. If, if Darnold was like QB1 for San Francisco and they went 13 and 4 or 14 and 3 or something, like that's a legitimate case to be made that he wins the award. And then Jamal Adams at the Seahawks defense is like top 10 in the league. Again, you got you to gotta overcome a lot of stuff here but not as much as Tamar Hamlin ever came to get back on the field. But did he die, though? <laughs> did he die? No, yeah. You know that's going to be the thing, man. You know that's gonna be- Probably. <laughs> um, I just I just hate that is, you know, you're giving too much credit to these these NFL writers uh, that vote, these NFL voters, because they want to make their job. Hell, they be having their articles written before the game over with, right? So yeah, of course yeah. this this complaining this, when a game goes to overtime. Exactly. Oh. Of course, <laughs> come back. I think this is just name it the Demar Hamlin Trophy. That way you mm. can split both ends, right? Because yeah. I could also make a case for Matt Stafford coming back. We saw how terrible the Rams looked last year without Stafford. You could also make a case for Lamar Jackson. You could even make a case for his teammate Odell Beckham Jr. But man, it's so hard to ignore what the the league and media wants. They we hyped up Demar Hamlin making a one-yard TFL, you know, um, against the Colts in preseason. Keep in mind, he had already been out there all training camp practicing, but now he's in the game. And then it was like, oh, they they, they want him to win it. Yes. So it is hard to ignore that that force. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's Damar Hamlin's. um, But I also think that even Tua, you know, at at plus 2,000. Damn to die, too. 
because he everyone everyone's talking about how he might die, you know, if he gets another concussion or he had those two concussions. It was very, very scary or scary league uh, protocols have almost changed um, since that. So if he comes back, he's got a great season. No concussions. Miami, like you said, wins the division, goes on and does special things. Um, I think Tua narrative wise has a lot of that going on with him, too. And then it's so funny. I kept in Spock says two 49ers. Yeah, quarterbacks are on this list. Yeah, neither Trey Lance or Sam Darnold could be interested. Interesting here. I mean, you think about Trey Lance, number three pick overall, gets injured. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, Purdy takes his job. He doesn't look that good in the first preseason game. He's showing some, you know, signs of potential specialness. Let's say, God forbid, something happens to Purdy. And then Trey Lance comes in there and he starts balling and he looks like that number three overall that San Francisco always wanted. At 35 to one, I mean, I don't think that those odds um, are that bad, too. Those, again, are on Caesars. I think it's a little bit different um, on DraftKings. Uh, but all right, guys, that is going. Yep. Quickly, uh, yeah. Mechie could also be in play for rookie of the year. If we go about it, if we go about it. I don't think, I don't, no, 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 I don't think that that, you got to check on that because I okay. don't think that can Because, like, that's the Blake Griffin thing. That's exactly. a, it's a good, it's a good thought. That's how Blake, in the NBA, they do that. In the NFL, they don't actually okay. allow that, I don't think. Okay. Well, our squares keep changing here. Billy is keeping us on our toes today, but that is going to wrap us for this show. Make sure you join us all week long for more NFL preseason coverage. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page for everyone listening to the audio version only. Download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. On behalf of myself, Will Brinson, and Emery Hunt, see you later. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golasso Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third.